Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Family Records. As always, I'm your host, Blake Sweet, and joining me today is the lovely Matt Rodolfi. How are you doing, Matt? I'm feeling lovely. How are you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. I uh, got some bad news to end the week on, but... Uh, you know, What's that? Well, there's uh, there's been a big or another big loss in the music community. Meatloaf. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know why I forgot about that already. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't take long. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) No, yeah, that is sad. That is a sad one. Meatloaf was a... I like that music. I liked his music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Although some of the songs were a little weird and creepy. Some. The dashboard lights, but, you know. (laughs) Hell of a singer, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's... Did you see... uh, Well... Actually, we're just going to shout out JR here. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. That was probably the best tweet I've seen about me love's <laughs> death, actually. He tweeted that uh, a picture of the Google results with Meatloaf the singer above Meatloaf the food. <laughs> I think he said something like, you really got to do yeah. something with your life to come up above the <laughs> traditional oh, sure. family dinner. The funniest part is, do you know Meatloaf was a vegetarian? That's hilarious. <laughs> right? Every meatloaf I've ever had was vegetarian. Really? Yeah. All the the cows only ate questioning that. The cows only ate grass. That's fair. (laughs) It's a weird one. Being a someone who eats food. Can you think of any animals you've eaten that were carnivores? Uh, I mean, I guess pork. Like, yeah, that's true. They're kind of they're kind of omnivores, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you never know. They could have been. Up to some shenanigans. Yeah, because I, I never had a predator. I I mean, I guess like I've eaten snake and alligator. Gross. Do they? Oh, yeah, they eat meat. Oh, yeah, alligator. Did I have alligator jerky or did I just get Mikey alligator jerky? I don't remember if I've had alligator jerky. Alligator's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, it's a... Uh, I, I don't really know how to describe reptile meat other than it's it's white meat. Like it's it's like eating uh, poultry. Okay. Like there's not spicy or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. I remember when I tried it. I I wasn't sure whether I was going to get something that tasted like poultry or whether I was going to get something like fishy. Oh yeah, that's an interesting thought. You I mean, th- they're mammals, so you figure they well, they're not. Allig- oh, I'm sorry. You're right. They're they're rep. Yeah. Duh. They're reptiles, but they're not fish. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm. Wow, that was a big dummy. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, in case our audience at home can't tell, we are actually by ourselves this yeah, week. Yeah, it's been a while. Doesn't happen all that often. Well, actually, part of being by ourselves, we should get to drinking. We decided to do something a little bit different since we've been talking on the last few episodes about my new f- soiree, far, far, foray, foray, foray. There you go into uh, mixed drinks. I decided to make us cocktail for today, and then we'll just drink some bourbon afterwards. What? What is this cocktail? This is a New York 
Uh, it's not a cocktail a I New knew York about. What? It's just called a New York. A New York what? <laughs> a New York what? <laughs> okay. New York what what? <laughs> no, I, it's um. I mean, it's it's pretty basic, dude. It's like lime juice, grenadine, simple syrup, hmm. two ounces of bourbon. <laughs> I, I mean, it looks nice. Let's try some. I've had one before, and I knew I liked this one. That's why I thought I'd make these for us. Ooh. All right. That's nice. It's, it's it, so soft. It doesn't taste like a bourbon drink. It tastes like a fruity cocktail. Yeah, it tastes like a fruity cocktail. It's very it's delicious. Nice. It's very limey, but well, the grenadine balances that out really well. Well, and the lime makes it like refreshing. Mm-hmm. First time I had this was during that cold spill that we had, mm-hmm. spell that we had for a while. I was like, this is the wrong drink for this weather. <laughs> but no, this is a great like summer drink. If only we mm. weren't drinking it in January. Mm, well, it's a California <laughs> January, baby. That's fair. The cold seems to be it's gone. It's already warming back <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's not bad. I, I really liked it. So. Oh yeah, it's tasty. New York. It's. Um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that name. There's a Long Island, a Manhattan. Yeah, I, I don't I think I told you off, Mike, but I had a Manhattan finally. I made myself one for my book and. I'm not a fan. I think I don't like vermouth. That could be. Because I made another, something called a skyscraper, which was like an offshoot of a Manhattan mm-hmm. with like call it club soda and something else. And I forget, but um, something about the vermouth. That one was better, but the vermouth just gets me. Yeah. I honestly couldn't tell you what vermouth is. I just know that bartenders put it into some cocktails and I enjoy those cocktails. Sure. Well, it's a very distinct flavor. Yeah. Right. Can you, do you feel like you recognize vermouth enough to, to be able to tell what it is in the cocktail? Um, I can recognize it enough to know that it's like, there's something else in my drink other than just like, you know, bourbon and simple syrup and (laughs) (laughs) you know, the basics. Yeah. I, if you hand me a Manhattan, I'm not mistaking it for an old fashioned (laughs) because the vermouth really is the one real difference maker in there, right? I think so. If I remember correctly, it's basically an old fashioned with vermouth. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So that's why I was like, just that I can see the appeal of that difference in flavor, but it's just not for me. That's I tried to make it a couple times. I still haven't tried any drinks with dry vermouth. I'm a little bummed. I bought a whole bottle of vermouth and I didn't really like it. So if you want it, Uh, but although they're like six bucks a bottle, they're not that expensive. So it's not like it's fancy liquor. Yeah, it's not like the there's like maraschino liqueurs and mm-hmm. I bought that um I never I haven't made one for you yet. If it gets cold again, I'll make us on a solo episode the those bourbon Alexanders. But that one's got the creme de cacao. That's <laughs> like a more expensive liqueur. Good thing I like that. Oh yeah, of course. Ah, this is yummy. Yeah, I made it's it really with good. uh so it's freshly squeezed lime juice. I made it with like you know, you can buy the lime juice mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm just gonna make a lazy one of these. I don't want to freaking cut and squeeze a lime. And <laughs> the difference was pretty noticeable. Between oh, yeah. the, I believe it the, in the bottle stuff. Yeah. It's like, like I've talked about before, I really like whiskey sours. Yeah. That's I, I'm not going to buy lemons just for whiskey sours. I'm just going to buy the one thing of yeah. lemon juice and leave it at that. But the difference is probably big. Oh, yeah. Maybe next time I'll make it a whiskey sour because I don't think I've ever had a whiskey sour, actually. Really? It's, it takes a little bit more prep than this does. How, what is just it? Just because it's a shaken drink. This is a shaken drink. Oh, it is? Yeah. 
shaking in ice and then guess i yeah it wasn't like frothy or <laughs> anything so i just it was a little frothier when it first came out but we've been sitting my computer's all half dead now and you know getting oh ready. yeah technical difficulties that our audience loves to hear they do love <laughs> to hear about it um how you been man you and i haven't talked good. just you and me in a while yeah it's been a minute we've booked a lot of guests on this show. yeah we've been on an interesting run I don't know. I, I really enjoy getting guests. It's fun to talk to I think people. I think it makes, like, you know, not to rag on us, but I think it makes for more interesting conversation to listen to. Yeah. Like, it's still, I, I love getting into, into the booth and doing a solo episode, but getting guests, I feel like we can get, like, more laughs per minute in an hour <laughs> episode. Oh, uh, you're thinking to about bring that. Bring in a technical. <laughs> thinking about quality in the wrong way, bro. There's more people to riff off of and <laughs> add to the conversation. I'm not enough for you. I get it. Yes. I get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you should know. You, Yeah. <laughs> I can't do just one person. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to go weird with it. <laughs> Fell flat. You went weird. You went weird. <laughs> does, does Bailey know about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh she does now i guess <laughs> <laughs> she listens <laughs> she doesn't listen <laughs> i feel like this could use a little salt around the rim it's almost that margarita like yeah almost margarita not quite i mean it goes to show you how little what liquor you put into a cocktail <laughs> like how little of a difference that really makes yeah Although it really has painted an interesting picture of barkeeping to me. It's really given me a interesting new perspective on what people are doing. You order a drink and they just make these complex drinks, especially on vacation or something like at a resort. You don't think twice about it. No, not at all. You just, oh, especially at resorts. Why is this $9? Slushy drinks. Yeah. It's like in in my mind, it's just, oh, they pour some things into a blender and then they hit the button. Well, I realize it's a lot of different ingredients. It's a lot of porn. Yeah, no, it, I get it. It's a lot of what? Porn. Okay. I didn't catch the I in there. Do you think I said porn? I thought you said just, oh, that's yeah. a lot of porn. A lot of, bl- a lot of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. A lot of adult content. Well, that's what you that do drink. at resorts, right? Oh yeah. Drink and porn. <laughs> Drinking and drink and porn. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause porn's a verb now. That's just. <laughs> It's the new pwned. <laughs> <laughs> you just got porned. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So, Do people even still use pwned anymore? Is that a thing? I don't think so. so. Like, are, are we old people? <laughs> I, I say ironically, now that it's fell out of fashion. I don't say things ironically until they're not in fashion anymore. I mean, I feel like that's the most ironic way to say them. I don't know, bro. I think it's pretty based. <laughs> I'm not saying that ironically. That's in fashion. Uh, in it's just circles. So yummy. <laughs> in circles. Um, in certain circles? Mm-hmm. Is that in certain I circles? Think everyone, I don't think everyone's using base. Is that just because I'm like the meme? Yes. Meme apps that I'm on. Everyone's just saying base. That's hilarious. Am I getting into niches? I, I thought I it was more so, general. I'm pretty sure for a long time that was just like that was like in political memes. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the only place I would ever see it is when somebody like really posts an out there 
I've seen some. Yeah, yeah, somebody agrees with it. I've seen it political. Maybe it's just shifting because I've seen a lot of like cultural and maybe it is joking. Maybe it is more mainstream now. Maybe it was always mainstream, and I just happen to only see it. They always stuff like that always starts niche, though. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Man, this is some riveting audio while yeah. we just sit here and delicious drinks. Yeah, I bet you all wish you could try this drink. It's so good we don't want to talk to each other. Yeah, we just want to get <sighs> shit faced and call it an episode. Uh, so what have you been doing? Playing good games, watching any good movies? Uh, I actually have been. I've been playing uh, Arkham Knight finally. Finally? Yeah. The Arkham Knight's the last one, right? Yeah. It's a good one with the Batmobile. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, uh, that was probably the best. I, I was think. holding out for when I could find it on sale for like three bucks. <laughs> uh, and so I finally did. And it's I've been having so much fun with it. Oh, good. It's not I the loved that best game. Arkham game, but it's pretty good. Really? You like the other, which one do you like most? Arkham City is still my favorite. I like Arkham City, but I like the Batmobile and the bigger map. I really like the Batmobile is cool, but there are points where the Batmobile feels forced. Yeah, I can see like, that. Like I feel like they overuse the <laughs> There's times where you're like, why why do I have to this could just be yeah. a tool. Why are you making me do story yeah. stuff that's not really necessary? Yeah, I can get that. Well you end up in all these like firefights with the other cars. Yeah, that's true. And it's like it it's fun, but if you're doing it every five minutes, it starts to get old. That's true. It's like I I I wanted to be Batman. I don't want to get in like this feels Batman like a little on part Call of Batman, Duty. bro part of who he is yeah but it's not all of who he is <laughs> no i um, i did think it was really cool though the um like the dynamic they did with the bat family where how like family. you you would end up like doing a mission with robin oh or like when you would just like switch between the two mm. of them and yeah no that was cool that was a that's cool a, mechanic. the setup for the new game I had a feeling. There's the new game. It's not. I don't think Batman's in it. It's oh god, what's it called? But it's going to feature all of those characters. I figured that it felt like they were setting something yeah. up. But no, I I like the way they do that. It, it reminded me almost of like I can't really say why because you haven't beaten this one yet, huh? No. I'm okay. Probably like two thirds. All right. No spoilers. Um, but no, it it feels a lot like almost like you remember Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Yeah. It, it feels like that, like it's real seamless. That is the game where I character. discovered Deadpool. <clears throat> Same playing here. with you. <laughs> so we discovered together. We're like, who's this character with guns and can teleport? Do you remember and that? also cracks jokes the entire time. I remember you and I sitting at your house playing that. You're like, let's play this game. I was like, okay, that's cool. All these Marvel games. And then, yeah, who the hell is this Deadpool? <laughs> and then I went down a rabbit hole, baby. Yep. And then all of a sudden that shitty Wolverine movie came out and, uh, Ryan Reynolds played him like, yeah. perfectly up until the until end. Until it was a Weapon X. That was kind of <laughs> lame. I'm glad that they, that I'm glad that in the Deadpool movies, he like brought attention to that. Oh yeah. Multiple times too. Yeah. No, that was awesome. I, uh, I really like, I, I'm in this weird spot with Ryan Reynolds cause I like what he's doing a lot, but I'm also starting to feel like there's too much of it. Yeah, like he's saturating the market he's a little bit. He's gotten too famous, <laughs> and he's because he's the same in everything. It's like The Rock. Yeah, like I, I was going to say, The Rock is another one of. Those. Yeah, I love them. I love both of these oh, guys. Yeah. But when you oversaturate the market, and every third movie I see is starring one of you guys, 
like starring you, I'm like, especially like, it's not that I'm like, I, I just, I know, I, I feel like maybe it's the nature of movies. I'm just like, well, that one doesn't look great. And I know we had two great movies. Like, yeah, that's probably an okay movie, but there's bound to be bad ones in the mix. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's especially funny too with, with the rock because the rock has like the same three actors who were in everything with him. Yeah. Like the amount of crappy movies that the rock and Kevin Hart have made together. Yeah. I mean, they hit it out of the park with like Jumanji. Well, and the second one was great. Yeah. Did you see the second one? Uh, actually come to think of it. I don't think I have. You should see it. We just, uh, watched it finally after all these years. Cause it came out like in 2019 and uh oh god that movie's ancient yeah right <laughs> it's from the before times. i was surprised i thought oh we're gonna be revisiting these characters in jumanji um but the element that i completely forgot was like they the characters in the game are character avatars and they're playing whoever's playing them mm-hmm so, so different set of kids. So it doesn't have, well, it's a whole different personality. Yeah. So like, that's kind of the joke, but like, it's even better than that. I was surprised. <laughs> I thought it was pretty well done. Very, very well done. I, I, unless you want me to spoil it for you, but. Uh, I'm going to say no spoilers just okay. because I'm one of those people who doesn't really care if something gets spoiled for me, but. No, it's fine. That's Might why as well just <laughs> it's a little one. You know, it's funny. I didn't realize till we were watching that second one. They mentioned that, and then I went and looked it up. That one and the original and the last one were all set in New Hampshire. I knew the original was really. I didn't. Know I did that. not know yeah. the uh, the new ones were too. These are all set in New Hampshire. I thought that was funny because like, it's funny because I went there. Now it's been on my mind over the last year because like, oh, I went to this weird place that I never thought twice about my whole life before. And then you start realizing it like, oh, it's mentioned, it was in the movie from my childhood. And it's just so, it's such an obscure state. It just kind of like I've you forget about it. Well, maybe that's I've, being Californian, but. I've had that with places I've traveled to. And like, like even with, um, with Montana. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like I didn't really know a whole lot about the state when I chose to move there. Sure. Then all of a sudden I'm starting to see it even in TV movies that I've seen before. Huh. There'll just be like, oh, like a little cutaway scene or a flashback or something of when this person was in Montana. You don't or, think twice about it unless you've been there, right? Yeah. I, that makes total sense. Maybe that's California privilege. Well, like it might probably a United States privilege because like, <laughs> you know, like, if we haven't been there, it's not important. No, I don't even mean that. I mean, like in the sense that if I'm watching in a movie and it's set in London or Paris or something like that, it's like you recognize and remember that because it's set in London or Paris. Like there's a right. very different looking culture in place than where we live. But when it's here, uh, it's probably the same as like someone in France living in Paris, you know, watching a, a movie about uh, Bordeaux or something like that. And they've never been there. Right. You know what I mean? And then they go there one time like, yeah, I didn't realize that movie was set in Bordeaux. How crazy, you know, like I wonder if it's more like that. And then when they see a movie set in America, you know, when the occasional movie trickles over to Europe that's set in America. Oh, yeah. Just the they, occasional one. They probably have the same thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Those people are not eating crepes. Those crepes are very fat and covered in syrup. That's my <laughs> French impression. I just imagine like some English guy watching uh, like a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> How come they're not all wearing cowboy hats? <laughs> like, you know, 
I'm trying to think of some other American stereotype. They're, they're, gonna, they're probably watching They don't some, all have guns. Some movie, turn of the century in the South, are like, that's not tea, chap. You call that tea? Your tea shouldn't be iced. Oh, golly me. Oh, shimmy shammy. That's what they say, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, man, I don't know. Like Jim Chimney. They're the first, uh, free. well, not the first, because like Sweden and stuff like that, but they're a free country, man. Did you hear about that? What, like UK Brexit lift- finally happened? No, UK oh. lifted all COVID restrictions. Oh. You didn't hear about that? No. The prime minister came out. He got Good caught. Good for them. He was like cramping down on the restrictions and then got caught. You know, as all the politicians do, having a massive party unmasked and like not checking, you know, like anyone. Well, so and, he was just like, oh, well, you caught me. Well, I think he got no restrictions. pretty hard. <laughs> London's been having a huge movement from what I've seen online of uh, anti-passport people and all that stuff. And so they just lifted all of it. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what that means for like the city of London. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like when we were lifted in California for those like that, like couple months, the Bay Area never opened up again. We've been shut down since the beginning. They gave us like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, we were one of the first places to start doing mask ma- or vaccine mandates. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I don't know. what th- I'm curious what that means. It, if nationwide, they're not enforcing stuff anymore, but I wonder if localities still are. I don't know. I mean, I should text I, my I'm sure sister-in-law. <laughs> I'm sure there's still some. She lives there. Yeah, that'd probably be a yeah, good way to find this out instead find out asking directly. me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Blake, let me know. <laughs> You're in London. You're walking down the street. You look over, there's some tea and some beans and some toast and everything's great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, like, I'm wondering if that's just, they've got to still have some restrictions. It's just got to not be like, you know, it's not like Germany where they have secret police rounding up unvaccinated people. Yeah, or Australia. Well, I guess in some parts of Australia, it's like the U.S. There's some places that are just not even doing lockdown. And then some places that are full on like rounding people up for concentration camps, yeah. you know, like. Well, that's like uh, Germany, Austria and Italy all got in on this whole like locking down the unvaccinated people. Hmm. And it's like, OK. I, no matter what your COVID beliefs are, the fact that it's Germany, Austria, and Italy, shouldn't that raise some <laughs> eyebrows? <laughs> like, Yeah, for real. Like, has history taught us nothing? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the um, that ex- the amount of people that support that division is what surprises me. Because we could all, whatever your policy, your beliefs are on COVID, whether you think you should be masked everywhere and all, like, whatever your beliefs are on it, I feel like the human approach for all of us should be to not want to subjugate each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe we, should, <laughs> we probably should have started this episode with a trigger warning. We talk about freedom. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit. Yeah. I don't know. I it, it, I don't know that I believe in like crazy. Like, oh, freedom. I need to be mass. If you're no, yeah. if your store is like, Hey, there's no restrictions. Like my problem is when it's all mandated and when they're rounding people up and stuff like that. But exactly. If a, if a grocery have, store is I like have no problem putting yeah. a mask on to go to Safeway or if to go, they're like, hey, this is our store policy to come in. You need to wear a mask. Right. I'll, I'll wear one if everywhere else starts to let it up and COVID's clearly ended. People are all just going to stop going to that Safeway. You know, well, like, that's like it, it makes sense to me too. Like even though this makes no sense, I will put on my mask for the five feet from like the door to my table at a restaurant. Uh, I think you in know, the Bay Area, it's hard, a lot harder to get away with not doing that. In Boston, I mean, we saw everywhere 
people didn't wear them going into restaurants to get seated. Like we stopped wearing ours because we were like trained to do it in the Bay Area. Oh yeah. And then people are just like walking and there's no masks when they go get seated. And I think most people are just like, yeah, well you're five feet of walking. But here and apparently in New York, <laughs> we're very serious about that. It's hard to get away with that. It's just, I see, I think that's kind of the beauty of being in such a big country though. Yeah. Is we can have that. Like, you know, if you are really seriously like paranoid about it to the point where you won't hang out with any unvaccinated people yeah, and you just don't want to breathe the same air as them, you can. Yeah. Or you can go somewhere where they pretend COVID doesn't exist. Yeah. Which may or may not be dangerous as well. Yeah. Those are both extremes. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's, that's the beauty of America is it's big enough. You can live on that extreme or you can find a place to live where it's, it's somewhere reasonable. It's tough in or California. Maybe not reason, you know, and probably <laughs> if you're to avoid in, censorship, here, probably but. in the opposite. If you live in Texas and you want to be masked and all that stuff too, it's probably the opposite because it's such a big place to move somewhere that has the policies that you like. It's probably a lot easier. Like Dallas Fort Worth has a yeah. lot of those policies. Well, I think like out like when we went to Boston stuff, that's like over there is a great example of it. It's because it's like, okay, people literally like just move an hour away into a state that doesn't have those policies. <laughs> you know, like if I want to go to a state that doesn't have that, it's like a eight to ten to twelve hour drive. Yeah. You know? That's still so wild to me that like like Boston, Manchester uh, all of Rhode Island, Manchester, uh, uh Nor- New Hampshire, New Hampshire, oh, yeah. like all of that. And that whole, like the entire Boston metropolitan area is probably roughly the size of the Bay area, but yeah. out there it reaches into like six different States. Well, they have very, here, different- it's all just California. It's not even yeah. a lot of California. <laughs> I think that their land cause their land, not landscape. What's the word? Their geography is different. Yeah. You know, it's like I drove, we fly into Boston. I drove an hour north into New Hampshire and it's like the difference in terrain and the changes, you feel like you're much farther. So you do feel like you're in a different state. Oh yeah. It's not just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to drive to Modesto and oh, now I'm in a different state. Yeah. It, it, it felt, it's like, yeah. Cause here we have the, like some mountains in California. California's got a lot for sure. Oh, yeah, no, we have Big changes in geography yeah, here. But like for here, if I drive an hour uh, east to Oakdale, you know what I mean? Like it's still just it's still like California. flat lands in yeah. between, you know, like so. No, but by that logic, by the geography logic, California could still be a few different smaller states. Yeah. Well, there's people that want that. <laughs> there, there are a lot of people <laughs> who want that. A lot of people that want that. But, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I always thought that was fascinating about the way states are made, like because they started so small, and then you could kind of see it as the time went on. Every new state was a little bit bigger than a little oh, bit yeah. bigger. Like you can see that. And like, then you end up with like Texas. Yeah, well, Texas and was California its own nation, Montana, you know. Like, yeah. But yeah, like once you get to the West Coast, these are some big ass states compared <laughs> to <laughs> the East Coast, and yet. We still have our small states like Washington's not a huge state, but it's bigger than like yeah, New York. Maybe. Yeah, it it is. It's it's not a I mean, dude, there's states that are like the like Connecticut's like a city. <laughs> you know, like no hate well, on Connecticut. Not no, even if you don't just live Connecticut, there, but like Rhode Island is like Rhode Island is the size of San Francisco and maybe Oakland. Yeah, they're <laughs> small, man. 
I mean, like even going back to like New Hampshire, like you could fit. I was just looking at a map right here. You could probably fit like nine of them in Idaho. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you realize I don't think of Idaho as a big state, but it kind of is. No, Idaho's pretty freaking huge. Yeah. Like as you live it, it at the top, you could probably drive through Idaho real quick, where it like breaches <laughs> up in between. Uh, oh, yeah, it, no. Washington and and uh, Montana, Kalispell, Montana, and Spokane, Washington are not that far apart. That's wild because those are all like Canadian border cities. Whenever I look at a map, I'm always blown away at how not super far away Montana is. The like, funny it, thing it is, is, though, but you it's can't like just drive from Kalispell straight to Spokane, Washington through Idaho. You have to like go three hours down to an interstate highway. It's going into that wilderness cr- yeah, and, and stuff, yep, huh? And then cross over like the width of Idaho. I think it's kind east, of a pain in the ass. East actually. Coast has more of that than you think, too. Because like they say that about like West Virginia. It's not a huge state, but like there's a, what are the mountains called the, there. The, uh, not the Appalachian. Is it, well, Appal- it? It's in the Appalachians. Oh, but okay. I don't know. If there is it the Smoky Mountains, but they divide that. That's a very big geographical divide. You yeah. know, I mean, granted, I guess none of those are as big. As, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that like the Sierras are some of the biggest mountain ranges in oh, yeah. the U.S., which is a big division between us and the rest of the country. But because they're so massive, it's like it's probably easier to traverse in a way not not to walk it but with a car well you definitely I mean? not like, to walk it i mean we we already like talked about this last and, week and then you're down like i imagine <laughs> it's a lot trickier over there when you have like these steeper smaller ranges oh yeah i, I could be completely wrong i've never been to west virginia um i mean i just I go would... off the song <laughs> there you go <laughs> no i like i've i've been to appalachia i didn't spend a whole lot of time there and it wasn't west virginia it was like virginia and the part of Pennsylvania that it runs through. Okay. Um, it's not as like the most imposing mountains I've ever seen are probably the Sierras. Yeah, I bet that's Just, right. Or I'll, like, um, actually, no, I take it back. It's the Cascades. Cause that's the, that's the range that like Mount Shasta, Mount St. Helens, Mount Rainier, all below. Oh, okay. To. Because those are just, they tower above everything else. They are That big. is imposing. When I was in uh, Oregon, Shasta was, you could see it. Like, it's the one yeah. thing you, I mean, there's a lot of mountainous areas out there, but that, near Portland, that thing just. Oh, Mount took St. Helens was breathtaking. Space in the sky. I, all I could think of when I was there looking at it was like, man, because I've, what, I like stupid history and stuff. So I was like, watched all the footage of when Mount St. Helens erupted oh, and all yeah. that stuff. And it's like, just imagining being like in all Portland the and like. That thing's just right there, and it's just, you know, like just exploding, like, wow. Well, and I've seen all the pictures of Mount St. Helens before that. And so having seen it somewhat recently, like, that that eruption changed the entire appearance of that mountain. I didn't realize that. It, I mean, it looked like Shasta or Rainier, where it's, you know, just a big pointy mountain. And then it erupted, and now it's like... It's got like these twin peaks and it's... Oh, yeah. It does kind of a divide in it now, doesn't it? It, it looks almost like Mount Diablo. Huh. Right? Because Mount, Mount Diablo, Diablo? kind of has that look like the twin peaks yeah. on it. be interesting if Mount Diablo erupted. A lot of dormant California volcanoes. Well, I, I've wondered about that. Do you think Mount Diablo is a volcano? It would I don't make, know. It would make sense considering it's 
called like literally the mountain of the devil. <laughs> like <laughs> for those of you that don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I I have no idea. I know that growing up, when we first moved down to San Diego and spent all this time with my grandma, my grandma I think I mentioned on the podcast before, my grandma used to take us like to Native American uh Mm-hmm. celebrations and like she just take us to do stuff like that all the time she used to just take us to parks Dude, and native like, american stuff is fun oh yeah oh i loved that the was my favorite know how to party one of my favorite <laughs> things what's funny is we used to go watch them do like these big native american celebrations at like the missions and as a kid i didn't realize how weird that kind of is it's, you it's know? Odd, like, especially being like growing up as a christian like in a in a not particularly um I don't know the right word, but like being kind of blind to what Native American culture is and then sure. going and seeing it, it's a trip. It's yeah. it's something like it's it feels like it's from a completely different society because well, it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an entirely different culture. No, it's a uh, I think it blew me away that they were doing a mission because obviously the missions were kind of used to subjugate people. Yeah. You know, that's where they sent the Native Americans to make them be less Native American. Well, yeah. And had them do a lot of slave labor. And I was talking with my mother in law, Brenda, who we had on the show, and they used to do mission projects. I don't know if you did that in high school. Yes. The mission projects. I had Everyone to build has a model mission. mission. San Jose out of yep. sugar cubes. And that's funny. I, I, um, so we all did that and, and someone complained to her. Like, hey, I don't really like that you're doing missions in the school. And she's like, why? Everyone does missions. We all do missions. And they were like, I mean, they were like, they were like kind of like concentration camps for the Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, what? And then she started looking at it. And you didn't have to like dig. You realize that that's what you, everyone kind of knows that's what happened. And as soon as you realize that, you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, this is kind of, kind of bad fucked. taste, you know? Like, <laughs> That's so weird that we're doing this thing, like all proud of it. It's like, and you kind of get it because it's like a landmark that can be used to describe that colonial era in California. Right. It's very much like, you know, I mean, like this is the same argument with, um, with like Civil War era statues. Yeah. Is it's one of those things, like it's a part of our history, but yeah, it's it's a dark part of our history. Well, you don't want to tear it tear it down. I I, I mean, I well, I think you like shouldn't the, tear down dark history because right. and you maybe you especially don't want the missions because the missions are in and of themselves kind of a museum of yeah. what that time in history Just was like having like famous slave owners that fought for slavery in the town square. Yeah. Maybe get, I, I maybe, get that. Yeah, I, I can see. I like, get that. I don't know that like destroying them's the answer, but like yeah, I can see like maybe get it out of the town square, you know, yeah. like, but it, it, the making the missions like, yeah, you can't really move them in the same way. You can't move Auschwitz. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like having Auschwitz has to kind of become that like monument yeah. to all the life lost there. Exactly. In the same way that the mission should. And be. the missions kind of are when you go visit and stuff, you learn a, a lot oh, about yeah. that stuff depending on the mission. But I think the thing with it, that's wild is like, you don't have little German kids making, Auschwitz models when they're learning about German history, you know, and like that realization when she told me that I was like, Oh my God, how have I never considered that? You know, like I, what's funny is I'm, my Hispanic culture is part native American. So like, Oh yeah, she would take me, we would, my grandma would take us and we'd see all these celebrations and enjoy the food. And she would encourage us to talk and ask questions about the culture. And, and they were very friendly, uh, you know, and I don't know that people are people. Yeah. The people that were doing it might've been, uh, they might have been experts on it. They might have just been sh- people that other people hated for going and celebrating and <laughs> doing <laughs> rituals and stuff in the missions. I don't know. But 
Um, it's just funny that I never put that together, you know, like I couldn't imagine like Jewish celebrations at Auschwitz. It yeah. is a weird thing that was, that was happening. And, and, and well, I guess I, some I might that argue that it was worse, but I, I don't know when it's hard to know. Well, that, I think that highlights like cultural differences and how different cultures view history and true. view dark moments in their history. That's true. Cause I, you know, like to that point, I would never expect Jewish people to have these cultural celebrations at Auschwitz. Yeah. But if they, you know, if that was how they wanted to remember that, you know, who am I to say that that's weird? Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. But they also like their culture was the Jewish culture. I mean, it's different, obviously, but it wasn't the same kind of colonial stomping that happened in the right. U.S. for sure. You know, it, so it, for it whatever also, that's worth. Well, and for them, it also happened. It was also spread out over a lot more time because that's true. The Jewish people kind of well, struggled in a lot of different. The places. Holocaust was also like industrialized yes. slaughter, you know, like that's one of the reasons that the amount and the efficiency, I hate using that word to describe it, but it, you know, that's kind of one of the problems with it. And obviously the record keeping was probably much better, you know, like, I mean, like to be fair, we were pretty systematic in the way we fought the natives too. No, I'm saying in the mission specifically. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That especially in the East coast and stuff, it was, yeah. Well, and like having lived in Montana, you know, you hear a lot about that. Like it was our military was their whole thing was, all right, we're going to sign a treaty with this tribe and then they're going to get comfortable. And then we're going to stab them in the back. Yeah. And then we're going to sign another treaty once they start fighting back. And then we're going to wait for them to get comfortable. And then we're going to stab them in the back again. Yeah. And that was literally our whole history of relations with native Americans. Yeah. You know, can I just I circle back to the COVID stuff? I just like to say that that was all <laughs> government running that show not i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people that were racist and bigoted at the time but it wasn't your average person if you didn't have the government pushing oh yeah for that against native americans it might not have happened because there's that weird fact that i love to bring up that the cherokee nation fought on the side of the south in the civil war that you is know? a weird and interesting thing to think about it is a very weird and it, it, well, it kind of makes sense because the they southern were, states were also allied with cuba were they? I didn't know that. There was, uh, there were plans. Had the South won, they were going to annex Cuba. Cuba was going to be the South's Hawaii. Interesting. Well, that's uh, what the, their <laughs> agreement with the Cherokee, if I remember correctly, was the Cherokee were going to get their own state, and yeah. with all the, and they were going to be upholding all these promises worked in at the beginning. None of these treaties, and then turn around screwing them over stuff. I mean, they might have. I don't know, but it they, is interesting yeah. that they. We'll never know because it never. Yeah, happened, it's interesting but. that they trusted it enough to. And again, gray areas of history because there was a lot of Cherokee that were slave owners. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't think they were fighting for slavery in their fight on it, but it's an interesting thing. There were so many weird gray, er gray areas and all that. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and it's, you know, it's not a secret either that like certain tribes fought on the U.S.'s side against other tribes. Yeah. Uh, and during even all through, those wars. I would say, yeah, the, all the native wars too. Like um, there's... I don't know if bad blood is the right word because they're kind of in the same boat now, but the uh, the Crow tribe and the Sioux tribe are huge up in the Montana area, mm. and they were on different sides of the war that saw them both put on reservations. Wow. That's some tricky it's shenanigans, weird. man. Yeah. It's so 
freaking, it's so messed up. <laughs> it's oh, very fucked up. The American history is mild. It is weird because when people make those arguments, oh, all of human history is conquering, conquering. And it's like, yeah, but there's true. a difference. But well, there is a difference. And also like, this is some recent stuff that we should really be like, hopefully we would have hoped to have been passed by the time, you know, like, and then even then after that, it's like, you'd hope that by now, like, I guess, grant it now they're trying to subjugate their own population against their own population, which is different. But like, I, it's still like, I feel like there should be a, a lot more people looking around going, Hey, what's with all these red flags? You know what I mean? And a, a lot, unfortunately there's a lot of people that are going cool red flags on my well, side you know like and a, if you're a gun owner you could take that literally because <laughs> the red flag laws yeah there you go <laughs> yeah i don't know man it's uh we certainly live in wild times i, I think I, we I, always I am, have it's but, just we are realizing the wildness of the times that we're living in well and it's a weird one too because at least right now we are at a time where like there's subjugation happening there's division between the vaccinated, the unvaccinated being attempted to be sowed, but at least there's not slaughter, you know? Yeah. At least there's not killing of people, you know? And that's, that's important. It is, that is something to remember when you look back at history with like talking about what the U S government to the native Americans and the Germans, the Jews, all, all the different, okay. you know, the, the I, Spanish I, to, yeah, they, the, they, the Jews again, <laughs> the, the English Egyptians to the, the Jews. <laughs> the Jews, yeah. It, it is, yeah uh, they've had it rough. They have. <laughs> they certainly have. We might get in trouble for making that, co- or for at least laughing at that comment. Well, it's, it's it's true. Well, it's one of those things you can at least try and like, at least the world isn't doing that. Well, I should say at least the world, the modern civilized world isn't doing much of that. There's still a lot of that the going on. The first world doesn't do that. I was going to say, there's like... In the first world. Yeah, all the stuff. The first in, world does that in the third world a lot. Yeah, but. we just, our government doesn't do it as much to us. They more do it like with Saudi Arabia against Yemen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like more of that or stuff. Or 20 years in Afghanistan. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's something. I don't know if it's necessarily it's better, better for but. <laughs> us, I don't think it's better in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's, it's still, yeah, actually, it's a good point. It's still pretty pretty bad out there yeah it i is. mean there are certain parts of the world where you you literally have to like watch for drones on a daily basis yeah. and that's scary oh yeah it sucks well and they, there's some that Meanwhile, argue that that's the worst wh- we have to worry about is somebody tweeting something mean <laughs> <laughs> well there's some that argue that the part of the reason you've seen these rise in like extreme uh religious terrorism is because it's a like reaction yeah you know if you have Governments from abroad coming in and bombing you, your your community and killing people you love and stuff like that. Like, that's very real. And that's the time when people really turn to religion. I mean, well, imagine yeah, if it, a country was bombing us and destroying your loved ones were being killed around you. And it's like someone was out there and be like preaching like, hey, man, I, I got this religion and we're all working together and we're going to fight this and fight them out of our country. It's like. It doesn't help that a lot of these places are just like the neutral battlegrounds for the world's superpowers. Yeah. Like, I mean, and the Middle East is, I, I mean, the, the reason all the shit in the Middle East has happened is because for the last like 70 years, we've been fighting over it with Russia. Yeah. It's terrible. And it's like, what? Why? Yeah. It concerns neither of us. <laughs> and before that, they were fine. They were just innocent countries like everyone they, else. They doing were on their, their way to the first world. Yeah. 
It's I mean, they had terrible, like some man. leading universities in the world. And you seen the pictures of they like were pioneers of human rights. You seen the pictures of like Afghanistan, Iran, and stuff in like the sixties and fifties. Oh, yeah, like the women with mini skirts, yeah, flight and attendants, and mini skirts. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Oh, yeah. The architecture and stuff. The same thing in uh, South America. It's crazy. There's yeah. some like crazy like these those huge pushes in the fifties where people in the first world were moving there like crazy because these cities were supposed to be the future, and then. You know, first world governments start getting involved and messing around with politics, and then before you know it, things are. I heard going an interview recently with a um, with a Cuban national talking about like living through the revolution, hmm. and everything. It was it was fascinating hearing him talk about how like because the government that Cuba had before the revolution was not a good government by no. any means, but they were still progressing towards you know modern Western society. And then the revolution took over and it's kind of just been frozen in time for the last 60 years. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird one. Well, that, I mean, this is not a statement on or against socialist or communist. Right. This is just a, it is a true fact that every country that embraces communism stagnates. Something that fundamentally turns what society you had on its head. You're going to go through a long period of, like uncertainty, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I can imagine, you know, let's say we had a traditionally socialist g- country that all of a sudden had a capitalist revolution. It would probably be the same thing. There'd probably be a lot of unrest and sure. You know, I, I think the difference is that there's, it depends on the capitalism and the kind of government, yeah. what kind of, well, what level they allow and all that stuff, because there's some that I argue one of the reasons that China is not a very stagnated communist country is because of their embracing of capitalism. Well, yeah, they've, they've had a weird hybrid economic yeah. model for, for a while. Decades. Well, for a long time they did, they were under the same thing that happened because someone pointed out to me once, I thought it blew my mind was like, name your favorite USSR pop singer. You know, okay, rock and Tchaikovsky, roll singer. You know, know like, yeah, it, it, the only the musician one. you can think of as a big one is Tchaikovsky, right? And and <laughs> the reason being is culture tends to stagnate when you have um, a central power controlling. Right, all you get of your... to make music. You have to work in the field. Exactly, you get and, to make paintings. You have to mm-hmm. work in the factory. And a lot of them have ministries of you know what's approved. Like so, they had ministries that would in USSR specifically keep out any kind of new music. So they because of that level of control. And because like you said, you know, you got to work in this factory, you got to this. And because jobs are the ultimate priority in a lot of those countries, you're not going to really progress. You're not going to get a lot of new innovations that put people out of the job, which is actually important for, you know, technological growth and stuff like that. If no one's getting put out of the job, then you're just operating the same way you have been. Well, this is, uh, that reminds me too of, um, did you ever read Dear Reader by Michael Malice? Mm-mm. So it's a um, it's a biography of Kim Jong Il. Yeah, I know of it. Uh, and it was it was made using sources from North Korea, like from like North Korean educational materials. It's like the ultimate book yeah. on the he, actual he, history of North Korea. Yeah, he cobbled together essentially North Korea's side of the story. Yeah, and it's fascinating to hear things about like you know because. They praise their, uh, you know, their ministry of art and their ministry of music and their ministry of uh, filmmaking and stuff like that. Yeah. But hearing them describe it, it's, oh, no, the government is saying like, all right, this is the propaganda that we want to put out there. 
You guys are going to make it. I think that's it. It's one of those things that's like a fault when people blame capitalism for this happening too. They're missing the point where it's not necessarily capitalism. It's just bad taste in general. Well, and and I think in charge capitalism would more likely be like, okay, um, so-and-so this big record company. Cause like right now what they accuse, like, so this record company decided that this pop music is what's popular and they're going to push it and they're going to make it huge. Right. Right. There's a little bit of that happening, but that's not necessarily capitalism. That's putting, that's kind right, of like that's one entity with so much control. Well, over and the, the thing is, in a proper capitalist society, people may or may not respond to it because there's like the what was it? The outcast of the song. Hey, Yeah. Yep. That song Somebody's was been reading Jonathan Haidt. Yeah. All the all of the metrics for production and for music with, and, and the you know producers was saying there's no reason it doesn't meet any of the rules for what makes a good song or makes a song a hit. This song is going to flop. And ended up being one of the biggest songs. Well, no, that was I. I thought the story was that the production company took every element of hit pop songs for the time, and that's what they churned out, and nobody listened to it because it was. It's not what I heard. That was a big song, dude. I'm trying to think, but it it flopped right out the gates because it flopped because of the way it was being inserted into like radio playlists i from what i read it flopped because it didn't hit these i could be wrong it's need. been forever since i've read this book think that about talks the about song it. though like the way it the way it moves it doesn't it doesn't fit to your like 12 bar blues right style song right so like in the right at the end out of nowhere it just completely changes the song it goes from like hey uh, to like shake it shake shake it shake it Ooh, you know like right. it completely shifts um but back to the point, capitalism is people listening, going, oh, that, I like that. When there's an open, uh, where it's, when things like that are allowed to get out, right. you know what I mean? When you have a central authority, which which happens with these like corporatist capitalist thing that we have going yeah. on in the US, which is not a good thing. No, it's um, just as bad. Yeah, that's central planning within a capitalist model. It's not pure capitalism. Um, but any any centralized planning, they're going to go, hey, this is the song that's a hit and we're going to put this out and there's not going to be any competitors. So you're not really allowing people to choose. You're right. giving them limited so choices. You as the consumer, you're like, Oh, I don't like this. Yeah. Well, I can either keep listening to it or I can turn the radio off or that. Yeah. All they keep, that's all that's playing. So it's going to, you know, the number one song in this country because there's only nine songs that are allowed to be pushed at that time to reach that number. You know, oh, like God, talk about an earworm. Yeah. For <laughs> real. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is all speculative. I'm just kind of yeah. We're based on my because I've read a lot of philosophies. I've read a lot of Karl Marx. I've read a lot of uh, uh, we talked about like Rothbard and at least capitalists and stuff like that. But it's uh, it is an interesting one. And the, someone pointed that out at the time when the U.S. was coming out with the Beatles and Sinatra and like all the, the progression that we went through from classical music at the turn of the century to jazz and big band and blues and you know like all the way up to modern pop the ussr was still making almost exclusively classical music you oh, know yeah. which is a very interesting thing That's- now like i said china's doing something a little different um they're i don't i mean i can't speak i'm not an expert on china but it seems like they're doing something more a little more communist corporatist quasi-fascist kind of thing um it's a weird mix of a lot of things because like i you know i mean i work in an industry where a majority of the products in my entire industry are made in china sure um 
it is one of those things like we have certain items made in Taiwan just because we have patents on them and China has weird IP laws hmm. that like if if we allow our uh our manufacturer to make these in their China facility then that facility has the rights to make our products no matter what. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's some weird thing like that. So that is, I didn't realize that we can't move that's production over to China. Fascinating for a common discover to make that. China that's a, can nationalize the patent. That's a, it's a kind of a brilliant way for them to go about that. Yeah. It's, it still kind of lies in that communist ideal, but they're well, embracing that more capitalist why, innovative that's attitude. Why China has, or like the Chinese government has its own, versions of like google and facebook and yeah because they in order to operate in the country they have yep you have it's amazing the way that government and business interact in different societies it is fascinating where you have you have some societies where big business can just run rampant you have some societies where big business has like no power whatsoever and you've got these weird hybrids where big business and government kind of collude like china or the u.s or yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just casually dropping yeah. that on there like yeah the u.s is bad too well no it's an interesting <laughs> one because china obviously they kind of collude with all of the companies i read somewhere that they have a um re- representative of their government in every country yep. or every company to make sure that you're aligned and doing the right things by the republic of china yeah um but then like in the u.s well, it's not like it's not like the chief communist officer or whatever at the company either yeah it's, no, no no it's always something weird like the chief compliance officer or yeah you know a, like they they find these nice words to call what is essentially just your government babysitter yeah it's essentially what marvel does because <laughs> isn't that a thing they have like a marvel uh, rep on every project that like yes. makes sure that it's cohesive and ties into everything. Like, U.S. is weird though because there'll be a lot of companies like your company's probably f- a lot of free range do whatever they want. There's a lot of regulations and rules. Beauty being a small company, yeah, we we get exempt from everything that's like em- companies with a, over a hundred employees. Yeah, but it's then awesome. when the U.S. <laughs> goes through a pandemic and wants to help out the little guy they give them all $600 checks and then give like $9 billion to all of their major companies, you know, like, so oh God, I worked at a bank <laughs> when this all started. All the, the big am- companies that give them money. The amount of times that I have had to speak with customers and like try to collect on their debt mm-hmm. only to get just an earful about how I'm part of this evil banker class that got really? bailed out during the pandemic. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I barely make above minimum wage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just work for the machine, man. (laughs) I'm just trying to pay my rent, (laughs) not get collections calls. (laughs) That's funny. It's it's wild. And I mean, like, the bank I worked for absolutely got bailed out, quote unquote. But it's not like our CEO got a $25 million paycheck from the taxpayer our company got millions of dollars in funds for like PPP loans that we all loaned out to the giant corporations. And then by the time the little guys got through the process, no, no money was left. So we, we, we did screw a lot of people, but I didn't screw anybody. Yeah. It's a lot (laughs) of scratch my back kind of uh, operating. It seems like in the U S yeah, we uh, live in interesting times, Blake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is, is there any time, in history where it wasn't 
interesting times to live in. Well, I think that there was like a lot the of nineties were pretty chill. I think that, I don't know about that. I, a lot of the, the, craziness the, in the nineties. Yeah. But we were, we were pretty well distracted in the nineties. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> well, we were also children in the nineties. Well, I was so going to say the nineties, they were like the USSR fell. So like the cold war was over. But then they they were doing their early well, messing around in the Middle East. Well, and that's that's when we were running a bunch of NATO operations. Yeah, like uh, like Somalia and Bosnia, which we don't really even learn about in the history books. They're technically all. not U.S. wars; they are just NATO wars that the U.S. supplied all the troops, guns, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> money for. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's weird. As far as interesting times to live in, I think it depends. The one thing that we have going on now is the interconnectivity. It's a lot harder to live, especially with the internet, to live in a remote place, town, city, or whatever, and just kind of live a remote life. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, well, you, I mean, you like, can turn off the internet, turn off the phones, but everyone's kind of aware of what's happening on this global level. Well, I mean, like even, you know, thanks to Elon Musk, places where the Wi-Fi companies won't build towers, you can get. Yeah, they're starting to get the, that the Starlink, Starlink yeah. right? That's fascinating. And I, I don't know if it works. I don't know if we're at that level yet. Because I know, what is it, like HughesNet or something? Has been trying to get satellite internet out to the remote communities I for don't know. decades. All I know is sucked. that but, like, DirecTV has like satellite internet and apparently it's terrible. Yeah. Well, I think that's generally the thing. Satellite internet's a tough thing to get right. If, if Starlink is doing it and they're doing it well, power to them. I, I think a, that is I think that is the future because that's that's the way that you get out of, you know, because like right now in the Bay Area, there's Comcast. There's no other option because hmm. Comcast owns all the infrastructure under the ground. Well, there's uh, satellite. There's direct. Is it direct satellite? No. Uh, direct I, TV. I, I don't remember I don't what know, it's, it's called. It's the I one think, that we because we can't about. get Comcast out here on the ranch. You're it's right. All satellite. For a long time, we had HughesNet and HughesNet was garbage. Hmm. So I don't know what it is now. Well, there, I but I, I know what you're talking about. There's that yeah. tower up on the hill. Well, and there's the satellite dishes. And yep. I, I've worked in, in town. A lot of the houses have satellite dishes. Not everyone uses them anymore. I think the days of satellite are kind of <laughs> kind of gone. But at least as far as like television goes, yeah. I think yeah. I think the new use for it is going to be all right. Now, how do we use this to get internet to more people? Yeah. And how do we use this to where like oh, if Comcast is screwing you over. You can go, uh, you know, Starlink, or you can go DirecTV satellite internet. That'll probably help make things cheaper too. Oh when yeah, you have I'm different sure. options. Well, and that's like that was the big fear a few years ago with the net neutrality thing. Was like, oh, all these companies own a monop or have a monopoly on the infrastructure for this. Well, now yeah. if sat if satellite internet is making these strides. You know, I mean, it's still a handful of companies with the infrastructure to provide internet, but at least it's not the one company anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I may have my political opinions, but I don't like monopolies. No. <laughs> People sometimes I, assume I, that I, I like, love them, but I, like I do the game not. Monopoly. I don't like that either. <laughs> really? Oh, I love that game. It'll ruin some friendships, but yeah. it's a fun game. <laughs> um, what do you, going back to Elon Musk, what do you think of Elon Musk? I don't really know what I want to say. I think I feel the same way. I don't know what to think about him because he has like, he's put out a lot of amazing technology and his companies have put out a lot it of amazing. seems like technology. he's got a great attitude about everything, but I'm 
still just hesitant. Well, I don't, he just, he seems like a guy I would not want to have a beer with. <laughs> See, that's the opposite. I feel like I'd have a beer with him, but I just don't know that I would trust him to put a chip in my brain. Well, I, you know? I also wouldn't <laughs> trust him to put a chip in my brain, but I think it's fascinating that he's developing this like Star Trek level technology. Yeah. Well, he's going to release a Tesla phone. Oh, God. Have you heard about that? Supposed no. to be very good, uh, like all connected to the Starlink and all that stuff. Um, I can't remember. I think there's all these claims about like it's going to have all the data, sec- privacy, security, and all that stuff that everyone wants. But I just. I have a hard I, time I, believing any corporate giant. Here's the thing is I believe. Even one that seems different. I think I believe him when he says he's trying to do right by humanity and for the yes, future of humanity. Agree. The problem is he's just a guy. You know what I mean? Like someday he won't be in charge of this stuff. And so yeah. it's like, even if he is completely good to his word, and I don't know if it says like, like he pulled the shenanigans with Bitcoin and all this stuff. Like he's clearly looking out for himself too. Oh yeah. No, like, he's, <clears throat> he made a lot of money in the last yeah. two years, but I just don't, I want to be optimistic and think, all right, if you embrace all this tech that he's pulling out as it starts to go, or people going to Mars, it's all going to be good. But then like in 20 years, 30 years when he's not in control, like it's bought out by some other company or, you know what I mean? Like then what happens? Yeah. You know, like then well, you're that, like, Oh, sorry, you're stranded concern. on Mars. We're not sending any more satellites out to you. You're like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, well, and that's when the Martian Elon Musk is going to have to start his own space travel company just to get back to earth. I like how realistic he is about yeah. stuff like that. Cause he's like whole thing is like, okay, we, I listen to him on Joe Rogan. It's like, what, are you going to terraform Mars? He's like, we could like, how he's like, we got to set off nuclear bombs on both poles. Oh, he's very, <laughs> he's very blunt. Yeah. He's very blunt. And I he's, like that. He's very blunt. Well, what do you think about the amount of oil you're burning to get these rockets up? He's like, well, it's just, I, I can't do it with solar. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I like that he's blunt about it. Like, yeah. Well, and especially on Joe Rogan, he was very blunt. Because <laughs> he smoked one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and his stock price plummeted. <laughs> I just, but I it's okay. They're all back up. So he'll say all that. In large numbers. <laughs> but he also like will kind of avoid answering questions about like, well, what about what that's doing to the climate using all this oil and stuff like that? Like he just okay. kind of dances around it. So I don't, I don't know what to think of him either. I don't know. He's he's a character. He's a very interesting character, and he's somebody I think is worth who's worth watching. Yeah. I don't know if you should be like he's all, all for Elon Musk. Yeah. I don't know if you should be all against him either because he's he also has like an origin story of some like super villain. Yeah. You know the potential's there for like thirty years. It's like you're you're playing some dystopian future game where it's like, well, he started by doing this thing and then he st- kept people from being paralyzed and, and you're like, Oh, and then one day he became Supreme emperor of the <laughs> earth. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh I worry about that sometimes. Like at one point is Elon Musk going to have too much power? I, I, I want to think that I'd trust him above most of the other, like every other billionaire. I think that's why I bring up Elon Musk because I think all of pretty much everyone agrees we don't want Jeff Bezos as right. Supreme Emperor well, of Earth. Jeff Bezos is on <laughs> track to become uh, oh, what, who's the Lex Bond Luther. villain? Uh, oh no, Blofeld. I don't know that one. He's the one that Doctor Evil was based on. Bald, bald guy. He had like a big facial scar. That was the whole like inspiration uh, okay. for Doctor Evil. I don't know. I didn't know that. I was just trying to make a bald joke because he's bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. 
I don't put a whole lot of effort into this stuff. <laughs> you know, it's interesting about him. I heard like when Elon Musk at this time, man's time new man of the year from times or whatever. And he got asked, he's like, you know, like Bezos, like I forget the Boeing guy or whatever. Like they're all these billionaires are like, they're going to space and stuff. Now I was like, when are you going to space? He's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, his answer is like, I'll probably go eventually, but like, like we got to get to Mars first, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I like that attitude. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm not, he's not, he, that does seem to speak to right. someone that's Elon's focused not on riding in a rocket. Yeah. But he is building rockets, but he is building rockets to send people on a one way trip to a distant planet. And I played outer worlds <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally the premise is a bunch of corporations that build rockets to send people to distant planets. Yeah, no, I watched Firefly. The, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they live under the government of the freaking company. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that stuff. It makes you wonder what you'd do if you were a billionaire. Uh, yeah, that's a very good question. You know, cause you'd be probably people would I, I have would the same arguments about you of having that level of wealth and power i I, I just you see how fucked up some of these people are i mean like like this is somewhat topical still but like epstein and all the billionaires he hung out with yeah like that's that's something that you just don't do if you're not rich yeah like how many of those people just would never have been in that position and would have led normal lives if they weren't billionaires i think i would be very hesitant to people coming up to me if I was a billionaire and some other billionaire, I was like, hey, let's talk. You're in the club. I'd be like, I don't want to be in your club. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know like, what we're doing. I don't know if this is some eyes wide shut I just shit. don't I trust just, yeah. any of this. <laughs> I want to do my thing and be a billionaire. That's all. I just want, yeah, I want to spend my money. And- yeah. It's a weird one because you have to like, dis- you'd, you'd have to kind of face that decision. If you reach that level, do you kind of disappear from the public eye and just live a super ritzy life yeah i beat or, the game why would i keep playing well but the thing is is there a point in life if you've got everything you could ever need i don't think i would find purpose if i had everything i could ever need i would want to still do things and i don't know what they would be like obviously like fat tango i have a okay paying job and like i can support my family and like and by all means i should be happy it's what i wanted but i'm not i wanted to do this yeah. You know what I mean? There was, I needed another outlet. I needed to keep pushing and practicing and learning new things. And I like to think I would want to do something like that. Maybe on a bigger scale. Yeah. You know, like, you I know. don't know. I mean, like if I was, if I was a billionaire, I think my first, my f- biggest concern is that I will build some or pay to build some kind of special suit and just go around fighting crime. Like that's, <laughs> that seems to be what billionaires do. Which one? Name one. Tony Stark. Lot, one Bruce real Wayne. life one. <laughs> That's the point. Where are the good billionaires? <laughs> the ones that go around fighting muggers. <laughs> and guys with half a face. Oh, I. The thing is, I feel like I would be drawn to be like, I'm going to go to space because I'm a billionaire and I can. But also, I'd be drawn to do like this, like like some of this Elon Musk stuff, like, okay, well, no one's working on what happens when humanity can't live on this earth anymore. What can I do to address that? Because I have the resources, you know, the problem with that is like what someone chooses to do to address that will always be subjective, right? There will never be a, people like to say the science is settled on everything, but that's not how science works. No. And that's not how people work. 
there will always be different opinions on how you go about achieving uh, what you need to achieve and what you would well, need and, to achieve is subjective as well. Well, and there's going to be looking at it from the outside in, there's always going to be people who disagree with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So Elon's devoting all this time and money into colonizing Mars or, you know, putting chips in monkeys brains so they could play pong without touching joysticks. Yeah. Um, that is a whole thing. It's actually kind of a fascinating video to watch. The Neuralink, guys, the Neuralink stuff is fascinating. I it am really terrified is. of it. I don't want it. Hundred percent terrified of it. <laughs> but but it's cool watching like yeah, watching these chimps like use a computer. Well, he's saying like the way it'll fix the nerves and stuff. Like if someone's paralyzed, it might give them the ability yeah, to walk again. And so it's like if amazing. I'm in that position, I might go for it. But the well, question is, at what point is the Neuralink beyond that? Is it because it's supposed well, to improve your brain too, function and like at some use point more too, of your brain end up with like Star Wars level prosthetics? Yeah, like you know, just, you could just be Anakin Skywalker. You can lose all four limbs. And- that's how you get androids. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Neuralink's how you get androids, which in some ways cool, but then in, how much? In how, other ways, terrifying. Yeah, like how, with Anakin Skywalker <laughs> or cyberpunk. You know, like how long before you people are just like just replacing body parts like their tattoos? Oh yeah. You know, don't no, body augmentation is going to be a thing. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that like we are so far off from that actually being real and sustainable, but we're not far off from that being possible. Yeah. Cause like, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about the people who um, there's an elective surgery now that you can get where there's like a special kind of magnet that you can have implanted under your skin so that you can feel electrical. Feelings. Yeah. Give you another sense. I've heard about it's, that. It's trippy and it's it sounds so cool. I almost want to try it, but I, I've looked into it and at, like every example, your body rejects. I was going to say, I've heard that your body rejects it and you get like really sick if you don't get them removed or replaced regularly. That being said, some people get like bolts and stuff planted in their body, you know, pacemakers, stuff like that. So there is something that's possible. I know your body can still reject it, though. Well, that's like if, if you get a liver transplant, you're on anti-rejection meds for the rest of your life. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. I don't know. And that's man. that's hu- organic human tissue, organic human tissue that's compatible with your organic human tissue. Yeah. And your body still tries to reject it. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. It's uh, it makes you wonder, like, it, will the Neuralink be able to control that? Yeah. You know, like, will it just be able to hit a point in your brain that goes, nah, this this is approved. This is cool. This we're, is we're approved. Good. You don't have to reject this. That would be wild. Well, because then that brings up a whole bunch of different questions, too. Like, can the Neuralink, uh, is that the cure for, like, autoimmune disorders? Maybe. Where your your immune system is just turning on your body. Can the Neuralink just tell your white blood cells, like, hey, leave that shit alone? Yeah. That's a damn good question. That's, I mean, it makes you wonder, like, can it, can it do something about like panic attacks? Yeah. Panic attacks, panic attacks is uh, your body. Rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's your body reacting to a threat. That's not there. It's all chemical, you know, oh, like yeah. you, well, you could like just reverse psoriasis is autoimmune. Wow. Can a Neuralink make psoriasis go away? It's a, it's a weird one, dude. The Neuralink one fascinates me because it's like, I'm almost excited that we're entering that phase in humanity, but I'm also a little terrified of oh, it. Oh yeah. Well, because what at the same time that we're doing that, machines themselves are becoming more and more sentient. Well, and at the same time so we're doing po- that. At one point, does the Neuralink just become that port from the Matrix that they plug you into? Well, I was going to say that's the next step, right? Because like 
at what point does that end up converging with uh with mark zuckerberg's metaverse he wants to literally plug you into the matrix and that's like, weird he's that he's like he's like selling it as he's that like, this is a cool thing look at this it's so fun you'll be able to just go in and play these games just don't piss off it's agent like, smith and you'll bro, be good you're describing <laughs> the matrix <laughs> like and if you plug in I heard someone talking about this. It might have been Tim Pool. We talked about it's, him, but but he like if you have the Neuralink and it just plugs in, then it's not you in an Oculus anymore. It's you actually seeing and feeling and being in a place, and not like yeah. some computer gra- like a real place because it's kind of it is literally the potential to plug you into it's the matrix. You're, you're, yeah, you're putting yourself in a high definition like web dream world place you know like it's literally the matrix at that point now, and there's something cool about that like tim pool said like oh you you get on the on the on the treadmill and you run for an hour meanwhile you plug into the Neuralink metaverse and you eat a steak the whole time and just be gluttonous oh, yeah. in a red lobster and then you unplug or, and you actually or vice lost weight versa imagine like if you're somebody who's severely overweight or has real health problems and can't really get out of bed or leave the house all that much you can plug into the Neuralink and you can go be, you know, you can go be a person in peak physical condition. Well, I think that's the, that's the thing, right? It's that's the downfall. Cause there's something cool about the idea of being like, okay, using this metaverse, your Neuralink to plug in and sculpt your external life to be what you want while living a gluttonous, crazy life on the inside. But there's also the thing where like a slob like me, who's overweight just plugs in like in a video game. And like, I'm a Viking in the, you know, yeah. second century, like pillaging and running around. And like when it's that realistic and the games get even more complex, oh, then dude. suddenly it's, that's you, you'd live in there for days. Like, cause they're talking about like with the Neuralink and with the metaverse of like potentially like plugging you in to get your, your, your food and stuff like injected into you, you know, yeah, like it's, it's that's, scary. That's literally the matrix. Bro. Well, and that's like, yeah. And it's one of those things that people are going to be excited for. Well, there's, there's like, something you know about what? it that if, is if exciting. I, if if you're I not, have that and I have like, give me the next Arkham game and let me just be Batman, like literally yeah. be Batman. I'm never leaving. I'm just going to be Batman for the rest of my life. That's what's wild like, about it is it's like, it could it it's fascinating because there's something that sounds awesome about that but there's something terrifying like not only just not wanting to leave i mean i guess the matrix is like people living whole lives that aren't real well and blah blah blah, and this is like playing games and stuff touch on this in the matrix as like this has to feel like the real world there has to be suffering there has it can't just be perfect well and in the matrix though they where was it one of the matrix movies they explained that humans entered the matrix voluntarily yes they weren't trapped in there and that's terrifying yes <laughs> it's what's more terrifying is that those are 20 something year old movies yeah <laughs> and it's like oh 20 years later we're actually talking about this cool thing that's basically the matrix and people are on board with it yeah and in the mo- movie matrix it's like supposed to be like thousands of years in the future it's right? like nope 20 years <laughs> no, in the future. no 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 we'll be there soon <laughs> I, I do love this idea of like peak matrix society being 1990s America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something funny about that. Like that's, that's the, my favorite part about the whole thing is like the machines thousands of years in the future just shows. Yeah. We're going to send you all to 19 or 1998. I wonder too, <laughs> like the matrix in those movies and stuff like, 
are are the real people all like in living in first world countries and stuff? And then there's, no. is it like NPCs? Are there people living in filth and wallow in third world places, like in terror, like dealing Dude, with it's hardships? Ninety eight. That, that's like half uh, the world at that point. That's what I'm saying, though. Like that's to, if you go into the matrix, can you imagine, like to have to go into the matrix and go live. Like it's like the same thing. It's like if they picked. Um, I don't know, like the 18th century or whatever, like kids working and you got to be a kid working in a coal mine your whole life, you know, like, well, not your whole life. You'll grow up and be an adult working in a coal mine. That's fair. <laughs> you, you got me <laughs> when you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, there's, there's absolutely NPCs who are just stuck working a factory job in 1998. And maybe man, that's just, know. that's your life. Meanwhile, Keanu Reeves gets to be a hacker. Like that, and they made being a hacker seem so cool. I've got to imagine it's like the lamest thing being to do hacker? in real life. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Don't know any hackers. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I know I know a few people who write code and shit, but the, even that's like a far leap from hacking. Yeah, hacking's like a different animal. In the movies, uh, I know that hackers are often the people that can break into the military defense systems, and you're just a 14 year old kid. Whoa! You know the movies make it seem so cool. Yeah, but yeah, no, really, it's probably just some dude living off a Monster Energy drink and Cheetos, (laughs) and just like, (laughs) um, not to change tangents, but have you watched any of the Witcher show? No, not even the first one. Not yet. No, I've got such a long watch list, and I've also kind of made the point like I want to be more familiar with the Witcher and all that. I know I don't have to. to. I know I don't have to. I want to. You might get more familiar from the show than from the games. I I, I also am a little bit hesitant. I I know he gets a lot of praise. And I know he's like actually a bona fide nerd. But I just, I I don't know. I'm always hesitant to watch Henry Cavill stuff. Why? Because of Man of Steel and and Batman v Superman. He looks and acts and sounds nothing like Clark Kent. Well, I'm glad about he that. He is a chameleon, dude. It's wild. I will say it blows me away going back and watching something that's that's been a beloved movie of mine for years and realizing like, oh, there's Henry Cavill from 20 years ago. Stardust? Never even, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Stardust and, uh, and The Count of Monte Cristo. I have never seen The Count of Monte Cristo. It's a long movie. I know. That's why I've so, never seen it. <laughs> it's good. I mean, like, like I've read the book. I loved the book. Yeah. You told me about that. We talked uh, about it on the show. Yep. I, I want to go back and watch the movie, but I just, I don't have the patience to go track it down and then watch three hours of it. Mm. But um, it is funny because I remember seeing that at a somewhat young age and not really fully grasping the story of it. And then like, going back as an adult like oh my god this was a star-studded movie huh or not star-studded but like you know everybody who's bit who, who's in it okay um but yeah having gone back and read the book i've been wanting to go and watch the movie but it was a long-ass book it's a long-ass movie i'm just not ready for that time commitment <laughs> i what i mean what shows do you and bailey watch together um We've been watching a lot of Yellowstone lately. We actually just got caught up. We're in the market for a new does, show. Does she like fantasy? Game of Thrones Not stuff? Not really. No? It's, 
she's real big on like crime shows. Okay. That's, she might, not, she might not like Witcher then. Witcher's like h- higher fantasy than Game of Thrones. Cause yeah. there's like, like not just magic, like dragons. Right. And like well, there's Game of Thrones was actually fairly real magic for a fantasy show. Yeah. This is a uh, high fantasy. Probably one of the best productions and stuff that I've seen of this like level I, of fantasy, I'm, but I'm very intrigued and, by it. I just, yeah, I'm, I think it's because I'm not so heavily invested in The Witcher as like a whole multimedia thing. But that's the thing. This show has brought a lot of people to The Witcher that weren't into The Witcher. You know, that's like, fair. A lot of people. Like I know your my mom. mom yeah, a, I was like, your mom loves it. She's, she's like, a huge Henry Cavill fan, and she was like, "Oh, Henry Cavill's got a new show. I'm going to watch it." Every t- with the last season came out, and this season, she's like over to me, and she's like. Did you know this is real? The second have you watched the second season yet? And I hadn't at the time, and I was like, no, I haven't watched it yet. She's like, God, I don't want to say anything. I was like, I, I know like all the stories. How much like, did know? she spoil for you then? Nothing. I knew it all already. I was gonna. She <laughs> was like, Do you know about this or this? I was like, like trying to be all sly, and I was like, Well, I mean, I don't know if they're doing it from different from the show, but is it this? And she's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like. I mean, like, like I. This is one of the things that I like to give my mom crap for that. She absolutely is one of those people who like needs spoilers. Really? Like she's one of those people you can't, you know, you sit down to watch a movie with her. She's asking you questions the entire time. <laughs> she just, she's that skip to the back of the page or the back page of the book oh, type okay. person. And it's, you know, it's fine. There's a lot of people like that. Oh, and yeah. I've kind of learned to be patient with them over time. Oh no. It's, I think it's hilarious. Erica's like that, but I, just, I, I used to love it. It's one of those things when they've seen something that I want to see, yeah, I just I can't talk to them because it's like it was like that with my mom for a while. She was uh, she was more up on uh, the MCU than I was. Oh, OK. And so she was like, oh, we just went and saw Captain Marvel. It was great. And she would just start giving all this detail about it. And it's like, I don't want to hear this. I want to see the movie. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think you should watch Witcher. I know you have a long list, but yeah. That's so good. Well, especially because fantasy stuff is one of those things that like those are shows that I have to reserve for me in my own time. Yeah, it makes it hard. Well, that's what I so all my TV time is mine and Bailey's for TV what time. it's worth. Chelsea was the same way. I watched the first Witcher when it came out. I watched it immediately. I didn't know it was going to blow up. So I watched it immediately on my laptop in my room whenever I could get a chance over the holiday in like 2019. Mm. And, uh, like absolutely loved it. And then I'm talking with your mom about it. Cause she had watched it and we're just going and going. Chelsea's like, all right, fine. Let's watch an episode of the show. And Mikey was living at the time. He's like, all right, fine. I was like, I don't, I don't know if you guys will like it. I don't know. I thought it was cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then we watched it and they were like, Holy crap. This is, you know, like just blown away. That is fair. That I is loved how, it. That's how I dragged Bailey into Yellowstone. Was that like, you know, I started watching okay. it in my own time. And I started talking with everybody about it. I thought it would be an easy sell because mm. it is literally a show about Montana. And she's from Montana. Like, and that's, the, you this don't get a whole thing. lot of it. Yeah, exactly. I introduced my drummer cousin to a drummer. You're from Montana. This is Montana. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know what? It's all very simple to me. This is how connections are made. I'm starting to see some patterns here, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say she might like if she likes the true crime and all that stuff, like because the thing about Witcher that's so good is the story more than anything. Obviously, the magic and all that stuff in the first season, it's kind of not frustrating, but it's like they build it and each story is a different story. And I don't think this is a spoiler necessarily, but like 
it's not necessarily chronological. Right. Um, it is kind of, if you understand, once you understand the end point, but it's not necessarily. So like there's, it's a lot more about individual stories and things that are experiencing together. And then as the story develops in the season two, it just kind of hits the ground running on the story and the development. It's one of those ones. I love it where it's an hour long show, but like things actually happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like some of those shows like supernatural or something like where you get close <laughs> to something happening, but then it doesn't happen. And then the next season you got to get it to happen. And like oh, that's 20 episodes worst. later, it's like, that's I'm so glad that TV happen. is moving away from those like 25 episode seasons. Me too. And, and, Cause it's just, it, it became this thing where you feel like you have to fill 20 episodes. Yeah. And it's like, no, if you can tell the story in seven, tell the story yeah. in seven. That's it's frustrating though. Cause then a show like the Witcher, which only has like what, six, seven episodes each season, you like want it. You want more. He was like, it's almost like you didn't get enough of this world, but you know that if they over, they started milking it and putting episodes in that didn't work with this, you know, like you just, you know, that might ruin it. Well, that that is the thing with shows like that, like like with Yellowstone. Every every Yellowstone season is ten episodes, and every Yellowstone season finale, you kind of end it with like feeling like, oh, that's it. Now I have to <laughs> wait a whole year for the next ten episodes. Yeah, it's rough. But I I love that. Like I I love that I could because it feels more complete. I have a show for you. I'm curious if you watch it because I never watched it. Do you ever watch Deadwood? No, I've heard awesome things My about it uncle but I've just never gotten into had it. always said the greatest show ever made on television was deadfoot deadwood i've heard similar things i don't even know what it's but, about so <laughs> well it's about deadwood oh no i i don't I, versus I, a live it. wood yeah exactly <laughs> no i think it's about deadwood it's town, north dakota believe, yeah. which is uh which was a huge huge um Spot for like the iconic gunfighters. Okay, yeah, I believe. So it's I'd like imagine a it's some show. western thing. Yeah. Oh no the uh, the one that we actually just started. Uh, it's another one of those like ten episode self contained kind of things. It's, have you heard of Mer- Mayor of Kingstown? I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it's about. So it's um, it, we're only an episode in. It's it's heavy, so we had to take a break after the first okay. episode, but um. So it's based, it's this town in Michigan, I believe, where there's like 10 prisons all within like a 20 mile radius. Okay. Uh, so the, the town's entire economy is the families of inmates and prison guards. Interesting. And that's, that's, so the mayor, Jeremy Renner's character is the guy who keeps the peace. Okay. Between the gangs and the guards yeah <laughs> and yeah and so like he uh you know it's like a smuggle stuff into the prison he'll negotiate truces with certain gangs and certain groups of guards interesting it's it's just it's fascinating to see this like he's he's found a way to turn uh yeah peacekeeping into a business huh it's it's a fascinating idea that Plus, is a fascinating I do, premise I, I do love jeremy renner Sure. I think he's kind of an underrated it's a newer actor. show. Yeah. Well, he hasn't really been in anything big. Yeah, no, nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like you joke, but even in the, in the big things that he's been in, he's always been a minor character up until he got his own Hawkeye show. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
you know, he was the that, minor character in the Avengers. I would say so in the Avengers movies. Yeah, I guess so. He was always but he's been he, in a he lot of them. He wasn't like a throwaway filler character by yeah. any means. He was just the guy who was kind of the, like the from the Hawkeye show. Rogers the musical kind of sums it up perfectly. Yeah. Like every character in that musical gets their like little introduction and they get all hyped up and then it's like Hawkeye, he's a great dude. <laughs> <laughs> Have uh okay. I think one of my I mean, he's great. I'm sure he's a great in a lot of stuff, but you ever seen the movie Tag? Yes. I loved I him love in that Tag. movie. <laughs> It was so great in that movie. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was a good movie overall. Well, Everyone his was great in that movie. character is basically just, yeah, this is Hawkeye, and the rest of us are a bunch of middle-aged yeah, dudes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're playing this lifelong game of tag. <laughs> With basically Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen that movie, that's a great movie. Oh, that yeah, kind of fell away by the, by the wayside. Well, because it was like a, it was one of those kind of shitty movies that like, it, it was easily perceived as a throwaway comedy. Yeah. But well, it, it was so ev- good. Everyone in it has done so many bigger things. Yeah. That's the thing. Circling back to like Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne, the rock Johnson, they're in everything right now. And that kind of diminishes all the stuff they're putting out right now. They saturate like, the market and it right, means like, yeah, the right. Like every, every new Ryan Reynolds movie, I'll watch it. I'll be entertained. Cause I find Ryan Reynolds entertaining. Yeah. But it's, you know, almost none of those movies that he makes are going to be movies that I'm ever going to watch and want to watch again. Because, like, yeah. peak Ryan Reynolds was, like, Deadpool and, like, The Proposal. And I am I'm holding out hope that he's just doing a lot right now. Or did, because it's all coming out right now. Because he's about to be in the MCU. That's like, I really, really, I hope really hope so. He, cause they've been flowing that idea on the internet forever that like they should bring Deadpool into the U- MCU and make him be the cameos. I really hope so. Cause Stanley. in the early two thousands, <laughs> Nick Cage was on a similar trajectory and look what happened to him. Yeah. Except that the MCU is fully established and he's already a character that's Okay, yeah, no, openly no, no, being no, no, brought no, no, no. in. No, but in general, with the like Ryan Reynolds is doing every single yeah, project Nick, right now. Nick Cage was in everything in the early two thousands, but he was always just Nick Cage. But he was also like in crazy amount of debt. There's like a movie about him where yeah. he's playing himself coming out where they go over it. Like he was taking like every movie he could because he had to pay off this crazy debt. Oh and yeah, you, you hear about that with a couple actors. Well, and that's so that's my concern when you see certain actors who are just in everything. It's yeah. just like, are you just blowing all your money and have to make yeah. this crappy B movie? Are you trying to go out? If it's Ryan Reynolds, I just can't imagine that that's the case. The Rock, too. Right. Because if he really needed to, Ryan Reynolds could just ride on Blake Lively's success. Well, and the thing is, like with them, like The Rock, he's been overly saturated. That's a good one. <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> he's been oversaturated since like Moana. But then the Jungle Cruise will be a huge hit. And then he comes out with that like rap album and like that one song everyone knows, even though I've never listened to the album. Well, it's it's not his album. He was featured oh, on a was, Tech Nine sorry. song. My bad. And sorry, right. the only reason the I know song. that is because Bailey's brother is huge, huge into Tech Nine. But his song is huge. Yeah. Everyone knows it's about strive, it's about power. Like I've never heard the song, but <laughs> I know that <laughs> section of the song and it it it's very, very it's catchy. Very known in the world. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'll give it to him. It's it's an earworm. If, I don't know that it's like I don't know that I want to hear a yeah. the rock rap album. 
If, but it's it's a cool novelty to be like, yeah, I was I did a verse on yeah. this Tech Nine song. If the MCU does right by Deadpool, it, part of that being letting them letting Ryan Reynolds. Oh, it'll redeem Deadpool. all these Netflix movies. Well, and I think <laughs> it'll also it'll it'll. Um, Deadpool is can be a very interesting character entering into the MCU going forward. He yes. can bring something to the MCU. They're doing something cool right now, which I'm enjoying so far. But he can bring a nice little spice into that that would really help them make sure this second phase is strong. But I think they, so, too. If they like suppress Ryan Reynolds' visions for Deadpool too if much. they don't let him just play Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. <laughs> I think they will. In order, the fact that it's Deadpool 3 and it's in the MCU and it's not Deadpool versus the machine or whatever, you know? Like, right. I think that's a good sign, but they're still in like pretty preliminary uh, production, I believe. It would be interesting to use Deadpool 3 as your introduction for the X-Men into the MCU yeah. too. Like that's that's something I would love to see is, oh, we get Deadpool, but now he's in this universe and then yeah. it kind of segues into, oh, well, he's still associated with the X-Men. Well, that's just now the X-Men exist in this universe. It worries me a little bit because with the multiverse, I worry that they're just going to go, no, just do it next. It's just like that. It's still sitting in the Fox Mcu it's not in the mcu it's in the fox marvel world That's what worries me about, and they just yeah, go the oh but it's part of, of the X-Men multiverse now so like it's like okay so you didn't bring him into the mcu you're just now he's one of your properties like i don't like that right if well, they do that and i'm i'm with you with that and like all the other anticipated characters that they're talking about bringing in like the fantastic four yeah the fantastic four has been highly anticipated for a long time if they just bring them in and say oh no this is just them from the multiverse yeah. It's going to feel cheap. I don't I hope they don't like, do no. that. Like <laughs> the fact that they're cracking yeah. the multiverse open, I hope they don't do that. If they do it where they like things start coming in, multiple no. realities start overlaying each other or something like that, you know. I I really hope they resolve all the multiverse crap in Doctor Strange. Cuz I like I like the idea and I like the I like, like they what crack it, it open up. and he closes it. Right. Like I I like what the MCU is opening itself up for by introducing this concept. Mm-hmm. I don't want the next five years worth of movies to See, be multiverse movies. That's where I think Deadpool could be integral. Even if they don't want to bring the X-Men in the same way, they're like, we're not going to bring all of that, but Deadpool falls through the cracks or something and ends up in the MCU. It's a great opportunity for him because his backstory, all that stuff is suddenly in another universe. And he is just the wild cartoony, insane Deadpool that you don't need. And that doesn't really need backstory. He's just there and a part of it. You know what I mean? Okay, no, I take it back. You know what I want to see? Did you ever read the uh, the Deadpool comics, the, uh, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe? I have not read that one. I don't remember what the whole, I don't remember what the whole premise is, but it's comics it's, are so hard to get into because there's so many, and when you're just looking right, for you characters, don't, you, you don't, don't know what's big and what's not. And and I've probably read a couple dozen Deadpool comics, but but I mean, it, it's in the title. It's, essentially, this is a what if uh, okay. comic run. But it's so in some alternate universe, Deadpool snaps for whatever reason and just starts killing everybody. Jeez. And it's just like, that could be a very fun Deadpool 3. Just like, you bring back all the MCU actors who have you've already killed Deadpool off. Deadpool becomes the and villain. This is, just, this is Deadpool in an alternate universe. He's just murdering Tom Holland Jeez. and Tony Stark. <laughs> but then again, but that's like you said, though, but then that's like... If they go, but then it's a multiverse movie. Well, and then that's more of what the DC DCEU is doing with like 
one-off graphic novel style movies. But I, I like, I like leaving that open as a possibility. I like yeah. being, I think that would be smart in the next phase. I, I saw Eternals yeah. recently and I, uh, Eternals isn't my favorite Marvel movie by any nah, means. I'm with you. But it was incredibly refreshing to just have this completely standalone thing. Yeah, I liked that it kind of existed outside of everything that's happened. It is um, setting up a lot of future MCU stuff. Yeah. So there is that, but it was nice having this thing that it's like, oh, half this movie isn't about like, oh, the Battle of New York yeah. and Thanos. What happened here? I My problem with Eternals was like, I just felt like there were moments where the writing was sloppy. Yes. Not overall. Like I, overall, I was okay with it. I could buy into it. But there's like moments where they'd be like, oh, I've ever since, what was it? I've always wondered what would happen or what's it at the end when they're like the Titan is coming and one of the, uh, what's his name? Um, Fe- Festos, the yeah. machinery guy. He's like, I've always wondered how we survive this because we're connected to the Titans. Like, always wondered, bro. You learned about this yesterday. You (laughs) know, like, what do you mean? Like, just weird phrasings and things. Like, not sloppy writing, but it's like, that's a weird kind of thing you should have caught. I will say my biggest concern was put to bed pretty early. Because, like, my biggest concern going into it was they marketed it as this movie about this giant superhero team that's just been on Earth for thousands of years. Yeah. My biggest concern was going to be bloat. They had all these big stars. Yeah. And they made it seem like it was going to be a movie about all of them, but they found a good way to kind of break it up and make it feel more focused. Yeah. It's just some things were like Chelsea brought it up. The main character, what was her name? Um, oh God. Oh, uh, Cersei. Cersei. Yeah. So Cersei, the main character, like she's obviously um, her like role. Cause they all have a role beyond their powers kind of in how they interact with humanity. And she's clearly like this, she's like this embodiment of culture and people right. and like all this stuff. But she's like, even as she goes through it and is doing it with people, she's kind of like all of them kind of have this two dimensional character. Yes. Uh, like presentation is kind of the point. Well, you have to with you, that many characters. I, I mean, there's a big reveal towards the end as to why, but you would think that her being like this culture, this connectivity to the humans and the people and like participating and seeing and loving their culture. Like you'd think that there would be a little more, warmth yeah in the way her character is like not just portrayed in it but in the way she's written as far as uh, her love for humanity and all this stuff and it's like all you get is like oh no she loves a human and by the way i don't know spoilers to anyone but i loved the freaking setup for blade and and uh black knight yeah that was cool i Uh, am very excited for that that was very cool i am i loved the Wesley Snipes Blade movies. Mm, so my sure. biggest, my biggest hope out of all of this is that they do the character justice. Also, speaking of Ryan Reynolds movies, was he in that? He was in. I know he was in Blade Trinity. I think he was in the second one too. I think I only saw the first one. So I just which which one was the one where Wesley Snipes refused to open his eyes? For a scene, so they had to CGI it's eyes been onto so him. So long <laughs> since I've seen it, dude. I could like not tell you. That's still, that's up. The, Wesley Snipes gets a family record for that one for the mo- <laughs> for the pettiest request, like thing an actor will hold out. What for. was it? He didn't want to open his eyes for what? There, there was like some scene. They were, I don't remember what it was. He was on like an operating table, and he was unconscious, and the character like wakes up and just goes ham. But Wesley Snipes didn't want to open his eyes for whatever reason. I don't remember what the reason was. So they had to CGI his eyes opening. That's weird. 
And it's just like, yeah, it's a family record for pettiest actor <laughs> demand. There you go. <laughs> this is the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Black Knight. I didn't expect to be one that was like the whole Star Fox thing. I kind of like it makes sense, more sense with yeah. what the movie was. But like, I was excited about that too because I knew about Thanos' brother. A, it leaves a lot of questions to be answered though, because in the comics, Thanos is also an Eternal. He is, but they're Eternals from Titan. Um, it, right, but the way they set it up to where uh, Star Fox is an Eternal in the same sense that all the ones from the movie are, but Thanos is something different. Well, yes and no. Because I know in the comics he's also something different, but they kind of, like the Eternals aren't the same Eternals from the comics. Well, I think that's the thing. They didn't. The Eternals seemed very... The way it was explained, the Eternals are this kind of like, okay, you guys and what you are is all that the Eternals are, and that's not what it is. Yeah. The Eternals are multifaceted, and as we know, they're kind of like, I believe the Eternals are... I'm like, if I get this wrong, Mikey's going to text me, but I, I thought the Eternals are like some also kind of made of like different people, species from different planets and stuff like that. They are. They're designed to uh, to look like... The species of the planet that but they're like, on. Uh, but Star Fox and, and Thanos were from the same planet. Group of or, or yeah, from so, the same planet. So the question is, were they designed, like, were they made differently as Eternals? I think I read or something Thanos that Thanos had like actually a, an Eternal. Because he was not, he's never been referenced as an Eternal in the movies. Yeah, well, probably for a reason. We didn't know what they were and all of a sudden right. he, was a, he was from Titan and all of a sudden. It, it's... Is it relevant? No. You know, so that's... Hopefully the, not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that there's the more complex, the eternal system, like these God creatures create these eternals. I think it's more complicated than just this is what you are and you go. I think that's why. It yeah. seems like it's like this factory, we turn you out and you go. I think it's a lot more complicated that. It's a lot more multifaceted than that. And that's why you have guys like Star Fox and Thanos. But um, I thought Star Fox was too niche i didn't think we'd end up seeing him coming to the mcu that being said so too they've they did freaking uh way back in the guardians of the galaxy movie days is they started referencing like um adam warlock well and we guardians still of the galaxy him. themselves are niche yeah so the, you know you don't know what's actually we may Although not we do we do have a casting for warlock now yeah which and is it, cool but and like it's the dude from we're the millers like i <laughs> like i never thought of all people, he's going to be one of the most powerful Marvel characters. I don't know, man. I, I've, I've seen kid some, in the Millers. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I've seen like, it's not screen testing, but like casting photos. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I'm curious. I think uh, I'm intrigued. I'm the listening. thing is how long is it going to be another five years? So does that mean that we're not going to actually see anything from the star Fox character for another 10? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I get, I appreciate that Marvel is playing the long game. And it's smart of them to do this because it gets you all hyped up if you know who these characters are. But it's also like the same thing with like Deadpool. Like I'm all excited, but like the wait When's is so happen? long, yeah. you know, like all these new movies. And I'm glad they're coming out with movies. I mean, I really enjoy the Marvel movies. They're clearly the top contenders for movies of our time. Yes. You know, so I don't know. The Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be a little bit of a horror. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by that. And Moon Knight, too. Moon Knight's also listed as a horror. Yeah, it's I mean, supposed it to be makes like, a, or not, like it's like a 
Because it's about him like going insane and stuff. So it's well, supposed to be one of those like psychological thrillers. Well, I mean, it makes sense because the character himself is like that, like in the comics. Yeah. Well, so that's what's cool about Marvel, though. It's like, I don't know how far they get into like horror, how deep they'll go. But if they're going to bring Deadpool in and keep it rated R and start doing some like thriller and horror stuff, too. It's a tough one because if you want to be included in the MCU, you feel compelled to have to watch it. But I'm not a huge horror guy. I think now's the time for Marvel to start going in that cult angle, though. They do need to. Like They're, they're going to fall off if they, they don't. They, they've covered all the mainstream shit now. Yeah. If they don't. You know, we've, we've gotten our great Spider-Man movies. We've gotten our great Iron Man if, movies and also Iron smart, Man 3. They, they'll either maintain their success by going cult niche or they start losing people. But they are able to maintain a thriving studio right. of hardcore fans well and i think they, as the next thing rises a, up i think they need to start moving away from the whole like every movie has to be connected like yeah, I, a little bit like i easter eggs and fan service are one thing but the whole like oh like if you want to watch this movie you have to watch you know dr strange and if, if they're smart Black what they Panther do is go and if they if they're smart they go the multiverse and stuff this is mcu too you know what I mean? Like how and then they just recast Iron Man and Captain America and then possibly. they do it all over again. Well, they can be characters in this universe, but they're kind of background. Iron Man can be a background character to a main character, like to a Gambit movie where yeah. the they don't in MCU one. There aren't there aren't uh, mutants, but they are in MCU two. So I don't know, maybe. But that I'm, way, they at least keep it a little more concise than going, oh, this is MCU two, one, two, three, four, nine. You know, like that might get a little way too convoluted. Yeah. So anyways, we should start wrapping up. It's uh, I didn't realize how we were going. All these solo episodes. I'm curious if anyone even cares. It's just you and me talking. Yeah, about I don't know. Stupid stuff. But, you know, it's fun. It's, it's been a while it's since we've done one. It's definitely a very different dynamic when you get just the two of us in the booth. Yeah, for sure. Which, I mean, we kind of touched on earlier. Like having guests is a lot of fun because I think that's a more compelling listen. Sure. But these are great conversations that we don't necessarily get to have when we have other people that we have to kind of. And we gave everyone a break Wrangle. from this for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're probably going to get a nice break from it moving forward. Yeah. The way we've been doing this, it's been like, okay, one solo a month and we're probably good. Yeah. So you got any interesting archives? Um, let's see. I pulled it up, but I hadn't actually picked one. Um, I don't think I've, I don't think I've, uh, done this one yet. So the, uh, Robert Liston, uh, the famous surgeon from the the 19th century. Yes. (laughs) Uh, He was the fastest surgeon ever. And uh, he also has on his record a 300% mortality rate. Oh, I've heard of this. Uh, He was considered the fastest knife in the West. He was a pioneer in speed surgery. And when performing a battlefield amputation in front of a group of spectators... Liston cut through his patient's leg so quickly that the that he accidentally cut the fingers off of his assistant, and one man who witnessed the surgery collapsed and died of a heart attack. <laughs> so his patient, his assistant, both bled out, and then a dude died watching it. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah. That's oh god. That's war, baby. <laughs> For re- <laughs> that that's more than just war. That is. It, it that is, is almost, turning surgery into a spectator sport. It's almost good that it happened as like a wartime surgery, like on the battlefield. Cause like if that happened, like at a Kaiser, 
you know? <laughs> well, I mean, nowadays it probably would have. <laughs> no, could you imagine like getting a surgery at Kaiser and, uh, <laughs> and there's just an audience there. What? That's the thing. Like, I mean, I know, I guess it's like for learning purposes and stuff. That but used like, to be a thing. People used to just watch medical procedures. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder what butterfly getting stepped on, you know, branch of the timeline could have happened where instead of sports and shit, people are going to watch like surgeries, <laughs> gladiatorial stadiums. Yeah, no, let's, Hey, hey what, are you, what are you doing on Thursday? We're, I'm going to go watch a hysterectomy. Yeah. Oh, who's doing it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's a Smith. Oh dude. I love Smith. He's great. You see the way he did that, uh, gallbladder surgery last week. Oh, dude, nothing can top the, lobo- lo- the <laughs> lobotomy that Dr. Smith did, though. <laughs> I don't know, man. The, Jones the lobotomy, lobotomy of 98? Oh, I don't know. That's a Hall of Fame lobotomy right there. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have that replay quality of Jones's lobotomy, but... That is true. I could watch Jones's lobotomy <laughs> all the time. But Smith, man. Ooh. But nobody performs a hysterectomy like Smith does. Well, he's known for his hysterectomies. You know, That's, of that course he's going to be the top guy. You don't see that guy performing tonsil surgery. Come now, on. Now, now personally, Leave that to like uh, to, to Kowalski. <laughs> <laughs> now, personally, I'm a colostomy fan. Like that's my, uh, that's oh, my you sport. Would be. <laughs> colostomy. <laughs> 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 Who watches the minor leagues? Come on. <laughs> Lots of people, just not as many people as who watch the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, that was fun. Um, shall we do some plugs real quick? All right. Uh, you can follow Family Records on Twitter at Family Records Po. We are also on Instagram at Family Records Podcast. Um, if you like the show and want to leave a rating and review, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Rodolfi. I am also... Uh, doing another show with Michael Landon called They Might Be Bronies, where we watch every episode of My Little Pony to determine if we might be bronies. So that's a lot of fun. Um, I'll let you do the other things. All right. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Blake Sweet Comic. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Blake Sweet Comedy. That's where I post all of my stand up show dates. Uh, I've got some stuff that's going to be going up on the Instagram here pretty soon. Um, got some stuff to close out January with, and I'm going to be a little busy in February. So follow me, stay tuned and come watch me do stand up. You can also check out a podcast that I do with Matt, as well as Mikey Lannon and Ellis Rodriguez, the other half of fat tango uh, called four to tango where we get drunk, we play games and we just generally try to entertain each other. And then you can also check out our scripted comedy anthology series. Fat tango presents. We do short stories. We do, longer more soundscaped episodes it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work to do so please, please please support it we go play around there it's fun it is a lot of fun um yeah and then if you feel so inclined shoot us an email um if you have an interesting archives suggestion a family record that you want us to hear or read on mic email us at family records at fat tango.com and if you oh, Dropped my phone nice, uh, and almost knocked over the whiskey. That could have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> and if you feel so inclined, check out FatTangoProductions.com. It's kind of a crappy website, but we've got a uh, we've got a merch store on there. But we've um, got one, baby. Yeah. No, we've got a merch store on there. The merch is cool. It's high quality. 
Yeah, the merch is a good quality. Um, I, I really love the hats. We we have a bunch of different fat tango trucker caps. Go yeah, buy a trucker, trucker caps cap. are nice. They're some they're awesome. Yeah. Um and we have a link to our Discord server. Please join the Discord. The yeah. bronies are little by little taking it over, and we bronies, can't let that we're happen. We're taking over, baby. <laughs> as much fun as I have interacting with your guys' listeners, I would love to have a more diverse listener base all interacting what together. What are you talking so about? JR's on there. <laughs> yeah, JR. <laughs> we, I, I will not stop until Christine is also on the Discord. <laughs> Christine on the Discord. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Yeah, you brought. Uh, we had some other fans. Our chair is the only one uh, that really interacts with from Family Records. He talks with the Bronies too. It's fun. <laughs> I, I strong arm some of my friends into joining the Discord, and they just do not use it. Can't imagine why if they don't listen to the show. <laughs> Anyways, well, thanks for joining us again, everyone. You got anything else? Uh, I think I'm good. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Next week, we will probably have another guest, probably for the next few weeks, as that's how we kind of operate now. Um, so good on hanging out with us uh, until next week. Peace, Peace late, late out. out. This has been a Fat Tango production.